Welcome to Not Another Runner podcast, a running and health related podcast created by a run of the mill, yes, pun intended, everyday runner. Join me for all things running, health and well-being related, for the highs and lows of life, training and chasing goals. This podcast is designed to keep you motivated and enthusiastic on your journey to health and happiness. Every time I run, I discover something new about me and about life, be it a reason why I run or a discovery of myself. I genuinely find gratitude through running. I am able to stay healthy and fit through the execution of my passion, but furthermore, I am able to achieve peace, presence, growth and discovery. And I love to hear all your stories on how running has changed your lives and what it's brought to you. I want to connect like-minded people through the power of podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Another Runner podcast. I hope you are all keeping well and that you've been lucky enough to experience some sunshine these last couple of weeks and enjoying lots of long steady runs in the sun. Um, I've seen lots of you uploading images and videos from races again and it is amazing to see. It's honestly made me so happy to be able to see those images. Many of you enjoying the return of races and a form of normality and it brings hope to me for future runs and races. Um, As you know, I've probably not been as present here or as consistent with the episodes these last few weeks and the reason being was purely to eliminate not eliminate but to reduce the number of hours being sat at a desk sat behind a laptop because the injury was so painful and working itself was hard enough to do so taking a time away from being at a desk at a laptop and putting that pressure on myself each week to deliver an episode has really meant that I could take more time for me to heal And this brings me on to my next little point. Um, I always say I hope you all have had or are having a great week and that you can find something to be truly grateful for this week. I often share with you what I've been grateful for in the last week and this week's one was being able to trial a walk run which was the first since December 2020 and in fact going out yesterday um, no, Saturday, the 12th of June, was the first time I ventured out on my own for even a walk since the 7th of May because I just could not bring myself to do it after being in so much pain. So that was the first time I'd been out, 12th of June, so longer than a month, hadn't walked by myself for longer than a month, and I went out by myself, did a walk run, including 7 times 60 seconds of running. But just being able to be confident to head out and trial that um, due to having a lot more assistance recently through um, sports massage and advice. Um, Admittedly, I was dubious to head out initially, but I'm so grateful that I could muster up that courage to get out. And thankfully, there was no pain during the running intervals. There was some small discomfort after the halfway mark, but it was bearable and a little bit of pain as I was coming to the end with the brisk walk of a cool down. But surprisingly, the day after I felt okay and it didn't cause great damage like it would have done last time. So I'm starting to see and feel healing and for that I am so, so grateful. I can't wait to be able to go out again and enjoy a walk run. And honestly, on Saturday, 
on that Saturday, the 12th of June, I genuinely was crying during the running intervals because it had been so long and it felt amazing. Oh, I, can't, I just cannot tell you how good that felt and how freeing it was. So I've got my fingers, toes crossed and I'm praying this is a, you know, a return to running, hopefully. Um, hopefully. So yeah, let me know what you've been grateful for. And if you're listening today, make sure you take a screenshot, share with us online via socials, Instagram and Facebook via Not Another Runner. Tag myself and today's guest, um, which is Matt Wood. And let us know what you take away from this conversation. So, as you've heard, today's guest is Matt Wood. Matt, formerly an international athlete and avid runner and co-founder of Run Through Events, Run Through Kit, Sport Retreats and agency GW Active. I was lucky to catch up with Matt several weeks back and hear about what inspired him to set up his own business and offer events for the running community. We hear about how Run Through Events started and how it's going now. Matt shares how he and the team at Run Through adapted during the pandemic and how they planned to keep the community active. And um, we also hear about the return of races and we hear about Run Through's future aims and goals. Matt has recently completed nine months of 50 mile weeks in his running and shares his daily practice and morning routine with us all, which he has been doing over these last few months and to which he swears by for keeping fit and healthy and uh, with the improvement of his running and to continue running such high mileage weeks. Matt also shares things that have inspired and motivated him to continue to strive forward and he honestly shares about how he overcomes obstacles. This conversation is an honest, motivating and inspiring one and I thank Matt for his time, his honesty and sharing his story with the NAR listeners. So thank you, thank you Matt. I really, really do appreciate your time. And welcome to another episode of Not Another Run Up Podcast. Today I am joined with another runner, an ex-international athlete and co-founder of Run Through Events, Run Through Kit and Sports Retreat, and he's a fellow podcast host. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Very welcome. I, I Like I said, didn't realise that you were also a podcast host. So it's always quite nice to have a host come on to the show and be on the other end of the of the questions. Yeah, it's a, it's a different on the other side, isn't it? Answering the questions. You often have more to say than when you're asking them. I think I prefer it from your side of things. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I... I think I prefer the other side. I think when you're interviewing, you've always got to have a question ready, but also be listening to the every word the, the speaker is saying. Um, and then your question always needs to be relating to what they said. So sometimes it can be quite stressful. So um, hopefully you're in a relaxed position where you can just answer the questions that are thrown at you and we can just have a great conversation. Yeah, that'd be cool. So if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, Matt, uh, what it is you do for a living. I know a lot of people will recognise you and recognise what you do. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about you uh, and perhaps a fact that we don't already know. Well, I'm Matt I'm from a place called Blackburn in Lancashire. I moved to London in about 2012 after living in Australia for a few years and uh, went to Loughborough University before that as well. And we started run through in 2013. And then in 2016, we started the GW Active Agency, which is 
includes run through, but other brands as well, like the Hampton Court Palace Half Marathon, uh, the London Half Marathon, Olympic Park, and um, Run Town Park. Loads of different independent events are part of the same umbrella. Um, and with run through events, we we grew a community around London initially, and that was done by running clubs. So we had a few running clubs around the city, and we had people come to those clubs, and we kind of got um, a good audience of people coming down on regular to these running clubs um, and also at the events themselves. We had events from 2013 at Bushy Park, Clapham Common, Wimbledon Common. And uh, we got to 2016 and we started, Ben and myself, my business partner, and we both decided to leave our other roles. Ben was working at Unilever um, in a financial role and I was working my own marketing and web development company, mainly with pharmaceutical clients. And uh, I kind of left that. And we both kind of went all in and run through and within eight nine months we'd had a, with a couple of full-time staff members and now we're at 20 full-time staff with hundreds of part-timers around the country at different locations where we have the events and and many more helping us out in the week itself and um, not only do we do the events ourselves but we now have the clothing brand which we started last april which had been in the pipeline for a couple of years before that with like designs going back and forth but yeah, now we're at a point in time, I'm actually sat in the room now where we have all our kits stored. So it's like boxes and boxes and boxes surrounding me um, of, of clothing that we, that we have on our website, runthroughkit.com. And um, so, and, and as well as that, like you mentioned at the start, sport retreats is a, is a newer thing that we started with. Um, Lewis Moses from New Levels Coaching. Lewis went to Loughborough University with myself as a GB athlete, really, really good at coaching. So we kind of combined with him to kind of put on these retreats uh, in Morzine in France. We've got one in Loughborough this year and we're also doing a triathlon one in the Lake District in September. So there's lots of things going on and um, that's kind of a general gist about what I do and, and myself. Sorry if I rambled on there. No, not at all. Not at all. I always thought, gosh, to introduce you to this episode would have been really difficult because you've got so many roles and so many skill sets like it would be really hard just to find what it is you do because you seem to be so busy. Like I say, you've got so many roles. How would you best describe yourself in just one word? I was going to say busy, but that's because you said it. <laughs> um, I'd say enthusiastic or energetic or something like that to describe someone who, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good word that is a good word and I, I also want to ask you Matt if you had to describe your your current like feeling what your current mood is in one word what would it be current mood um thoughtful that's a great one and what I'm going to do is check in at the end and see what you feel after the conversation but love yes, that Enthusi enthusiastic is great because that that's that is a great position um to be in a, a great feeling to, to harness I'm kind of feeling that as well so that's great that's um so let's talk a little bit more about run through and how that how that came to fruition what what you know where did the idea come from was that you or was that Ben and you, yeah what was your motivation to set it up what was your purpose so before we started run through I'd, I'd worked throughout university I was at Loughborough and very well connected in the sports world and I was working at events for UK Athletics, for Great Run, London Marathon, doing these these events for them, kind of like different roles, uh, some technical, some event management, and some looking after the elite athletes in, and um, the, the company. And so I had a kind of good grounding in those. And when I was in Australia, I worked in worked in nightclubs for a bit. So I was kind of putting on events weekly and then ended up taking on my own nightclub business in Leeds. 
and um, then going back to Australia again to kind of continue the nightclub stuff. So I've always been putting on events. And Ben, he worked at Unilever and he was working in more of a corporate role. And he was quite high up for a young person in his kind of uh, area. And he came to me and said, like, I, I want to do an event business. I'm, I'm bored of my accounting financial role. Um, and he's always been an entrepreneurial kind of person as well. At university, he was like buying and selling wallets. So he was always very uh, savvy from a business point of view. So I thought, yeah, he's a great person to do something with. So we sat down, went for a beer, and we thought, we'll do an event company together. Obviously, because I was already doing things like that. And then we kind of, over a period of months, came up with the name, eventually got a location. And there's a weird conversation at the start. I, I said, if you, if you find me a venue, I'll get people to be there. And he found the venue and we actually had people there the first time. So we did it at Bushy Park, the first event. Um, but yeah, the, when we did that first event, the aim was to kind of put on these, these races. But as soon as that first race happened, that whole mindset shifted from like, it's not just about the race itself. It's about the people that come to the events and the people that are actually participating in it that aren't necessarily the front end of it. So then after we did our second and third and fourth events, we noticed that people kept coming back on a regular basis. So when we added the run club in as well, we found the people that came to the run club were also coming to the races. And we thought this is actually a community of, of people that love running. And at the time, there wasn't anything really like what we were doing. There was the odd race here and there, elite row races. There was a few park style races, but nothing of the same um, level we were wanting to do things at. And we were the first people really to go around London, going to all the parks and, and put on events there. So what we were doing at the time was really innovative and, and now it's kind of there's so many more races out there to do but we found that people come back to run through races because we're offering the variety of races around the country in different locations on a regular basis that hopefully they won't have to try and find another race they've got all they want through our events and you say at the time it was innovative at, at that time and obviously right now we've had a year where we've had like no events so I feel like the return of racing and attending an event must be quite special now for those getting back to it how have you felt with the restrictions lifted and the opening again of events obviously it's been fantastic to be allowed to be start doing events again but we did do events in April sorry August to December last year but obviously we had November off with kind of that um that short lockdown we had so we have had practice putting those on these events and the nervous part was last August when we came back from the complete lockdown to try and try these new things out completely. Like, and now we're used to it, but separating the start lines out, the hand sanitizers, the no spectators, the having the bag drop being a kind of self-service thing. And there's loads of elements that we normally put so much emphasis on making sure they're correct to then say we don't do them at all because of these COVID regulations. It was a bit daunting at the time. And I think all the staff felt that. But after we did a few of them, we got used to it. And like our methods, our events have been used by other organisers around the country since that happened. And you see now the larger events trying to do that sort of stuff. And we've had these things in place for a long period of time. And we actually help make those regulations. We have videos on how we do things like that. So it's been it's been a weird time, but we felt like a responsibility to the running community to put these events on, even though they might not be very economical for the business to do at this point in time. It would be better for us to kind of sit back and wait for it all to finish because um, put on these events when there's COVID regulations in play, very expensive. So from, from that side of things, it's, it's, it's been hard, but I think it's worthwhile in the long run because we're the ones putting ourselves out there and doing these events and hopefully um, people are enjoying them. And what, what would you say has been the best thing about seeing 
runners return to an event in person? The best thing is seeing people finish. Like the, the, the joy they get from, like, it, it's hard to go for, when you go by yourself for a run, like we all know it, like you'll know it as well. It's great. And you run, run a fast time or you run better than you normally do. You get a good feeling about yourself. You feel good for the rest of the day. But in a race itself, when you cross the finish line, you're going to run a bit quicker than you would have done if you've been on your own. You're going to have people smiling at you, giving you a medal and celebrating that moment, knowing you've got a photograph of yourself waiting for you afterwards. And this is much more to it than than just going for the run and feeling good about yourself. There's a whole other other thing that happens and seeing people have that buzz back again and then afterwards talking about it online and sharing, saying, that oh, was a great race. Good to see this person. Good to see that person. Like that, That's a real buzz for 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 myself and our team just to feel and be the people giving people that opportunity when are you hoping have have you done any of the um events recently i don't think you have you normally i know normally when you've got your own events you're you're there doing the events management side of it but i'm sure witnessing others having that buzz and that finish line feeling when when have you got a race planned in your schedule yeah, so during lockdown, I've got myself a bit fitter again, so I'm a bit more confident in jumping in the races. So the last three weekends, I've actually done one of the run-through races. So I did um, one at Tatton Park, one at Goodwood, um, and uh, I forgot the one I did. I forgot one. Um, but uh, oh, no, at Presswold Hall in Loughborough. So I've done three, like a 10K half marathon and a 20 mile within three weeks. So I- I'm loving being part of that. And before, I didn't have the opportunity because the team wasn't at the point where I felt like I could leave that part of it but now I feel like the team is strong enough without me and they probably were a long time before that as well I just <laughs> overthink things don't you and and I, I'm enjoying just being part of it yeah I bet you you'll all have to have a rotor now it's like who gets to do what and who's working on what weekend so that you can all experience the, the return to racing in a in an organized manner yeah, definitely. We, we are on rotors and it is difficult right now because we've had a lot of postponed events we've had to push into kind of one or two months as well as the events we already had booked in. So uh, it's it's a bit of a hectic month coming up in May, but hopefully after that we'll get back to a bit of a normal kind of way of doing things. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that you were, you'd got yourself in a good position, a good good shape since lockdown I've noticed you've been sharing a lot of your roundup trainings on like each week and you're doing a pretty good set of miles every week so I was wondering when I saw that the other day what what goal are you working towards are you working towards a big race or yeah thanks for noticing by the way and yeah I, I haven't really been doing the goal in mind I started one thing I've been doing I've been stretching every day for the last like just over a year now every morning I found that a really useful tool. And because of that, I felt a lot fitter and, and stronger to be able to do these runs. So I've been going out five times a week for like the last year. And I've probably done about nine months in a row of 50 miles a week. So, And, and, and these are sometimes a really slow jog walk, 10 mile. And it's all 10 miles, basically. 10 miles or do eight miles or 12 miles, but it's basically just all 10 miles. It's really basic. But in my head, I thought 50 miles is a good amount to run a month, a week, sorry. And I'll just do that until I feel fit enough to enter races and, and get and get going again with anything properly. And I think I'm kind of almost at that point where I can um, push myself in an event or a quicker distance. But because of my background and my knee operations and all those niggles I've had over the years, I'm a bit nervous still about pushing myself because I know that when I push myself, I can go a bit quicker than my body can probably take. 
So I, I didn't realise your background with any, you know, the niggles or operations, etc. Um, but, you know, notice that you've been doing these high mileage weeks. And, you know, you mentioned it just then about your stretching routine. That's another thing that I'd I'd seen online and been really interested in because you've been doing this daily routine of stretching. So for every day you've been doing this. And how many days has it been now? I think it's 380 or something now, 379 days in a row, yeah. Yeah, I've got see, when so. you've got an app, isn't it? I, I remember seeing this online thinking, okay, like, because <laughs> I think I've always wanted to do, like, a daily routine of some sort. Um, I've had the intention there. I've done 30 days or 60 days, but I've never gone as far as you have done in that streak that you have with your stretching routine. And I know you attribute a lot of your success, your mobility, flexibility range, and, you know, how your training has gone so well to this stretching routine. So what made you determine to start this daily habit? Well, before that, so from when I finished my, my running career, I suppose, when I was like 20, 21, um, I broke my leg up with female, had a knee operation. And then after that, I kind of just said, right, no more running for me I'm going to do other things in life and maybe come back to it when I'm older and I got to like, like 25 26 and I started running again just two or three times a week and I did a few races did a couple of marathons like I got myself in okay shape like nothing special and I was I was always running like once twice and then I have three or four days off because my knee would swell up so I, I did this like routinely for three or four years and then when lockdown happened and there was no events which means I had the weekends kind of almost free and I thought, well, what am I going to do with this time? I've got to do something productive. So I thought, I've never tried to do a stretching routine. And I've always wanted to do one. I've always been told it's the best thing to do. I'll have a go at it. So my partner, Lucy, she has this app called Fit App. It's like Fit with Two Eyes. And you pay for it for like a year. There's lots of different cool classes you can do, but I don't do any of those. I just do one um, full body stretch. And I do that every single morning when I wake up for 25 minutes. And over a period of time, I've started adding things to that 25-minute period. So I kind of vary a couple of stretches that I don't feel like they're doing much for me and add a couple of my own ones in there at the end. And I'll do some press-ups, some sit-ups, and then I'll read a book. Whereas before, I was doing, wake up in the morning, straight to the, uh, the kettle, cup of tea, breakfast, and then think about, oh, I might exercise later on. I'm not too sure. Whereas now, I've definitely got that as a banker before I do anything that day. And like, not, only help, not only does it help my stretch in my body, it's allowed me to run. And it 100% is the reason why I'm able to do this 100%, no doubt in my mind. And my hips are more flexible. Like I don't get as many injuries. It's a no-brainer. But not only that, I do feel better for my days. I can, I can um, structure my days better. I can know I've already done something useful that day. And even if I do nothing else, I have no stretch for 25 minutes and a few press-ups. So it's good. That. I love that you've shared that because one of the questions I wanted to ask you today was do you have a morning routine that sets you up for the day? So you've just answered that perfectly. Um, and someone else, it was Nick Bester who'd been on the show before. He said about his morning routine, which was get up and it was stretch every single day. And he says, without a doubt, that has helped his running um, and helped his improvement in speed, you know, mobility and range, etc. Um, from doing that morning routine of stretching. So it's great to hear someone else has had success from that habit that daily habit that you know you've incorporated in your in your daily life um have there been days where it's been difficult to complete that like I think surely there's going to be a day where you almost try and negotiate from doing that (laughs) yeah I know what you mean I think 
in the first like, negotiate with your own brain saying no I should yeah. yeah um yeah the first 20 days I was really keen on it like I'm gonna do this it's gonna be great I'll do 30 days in a row and I'm really happy with myself got to 30 days and I was like ah this is this is boring now I'm not doing this and bear in mind I do find it really boring during it I'm not enjoying it in any way I hate stretching and then after I got to like 40 50 days I was, that was the hardest point when I got past like 60 70 days in a row that now I, I think it's probably more inconvenient for me not to do it than it is to do it like I just feel like I would feel so bad mentally for not having that been done in the day I, I it it wouldn't be good for my brain so now it's kind of ingrained in me and there's lots of habits you can do that are bad for you but this one's definitely not and I have had those habits in the past but the good habits are things like this and I think I've ingrained that at this point in time and uh, it is difficult the first 30 days but you need to grind through it and get to that 60 70 and then it becomes simple yeah yeah and you were just saying it was boring initially I'm, I'm assuming you're doing exactly the same routine every day so it's the same it's the same so it's the same recording isn't it it's the same words I think people might find that a bit weird and maybe my mind is one of those people I'm I'm like all or nothing kind of person that yeah. and I'll do it all but if I'm doing nothing I'll do completely nothing so I um with this I'm, I'm all in with it and I, and honestly, honestly with you, I can't actually remember every word. I could probably not get the, the whole routine correct right now because I just completely zone out and listen to what she's saying on the recording. I don't even think or, about it. It's That's partly why I think I like it. It's because for a short period of time, I'm not using my own brain. I'm using someone else's for a bit. And I find that quite enjoyable. That's interesting, yeah. Because you, you actually do switch off then. It's a little bit meditative whilst you're doing it then. The first 10 minutes, probably not. I'm thinking about everything. But then the mm. last mid-10 minutes, I, I definitely kind of start thinking about nothing really. I'm just focusing in on the actual stretches. Mm. And then you follow this routine up in the morning with reading a book as well, which yeah. is interesting because, you know, where I work or I'm just thinking now of like my colleagues, my friends, family, I think of like their morning routines and what that looks like. I don't know many people that would start their day with um like a like stretching and then reading well specifically then reading a book um because I think so many of us just get up when the alarm goes get ready you know shower get dressed have breakfast and then on the way to work so listening to your morning routine just sounds a little bit more blissful um to starting your day at work um it's actually made me want to bring back my morning routine of getting up yoga meditate and just relaxing before get, getting ready for work. Definitely. I, I do think like some days where obviously we organise these events and you've got to be there sometimes on site for like 4 or 5 a.m. And I have actually got up at like 2.33 o'clock to stretch it. So like I've committed myself to this. And I, sometimes it's not convenient for me. And I understand that. But if I can wake up half an hour earlier, I'm going to feel better. It's just, it's literally about waking up. And I imagine if I had children, that would change things because they'd be up in the middle of the night. But I hope I can keep disciplined and keep this going no matter what. And even if I have to stay in the same room as the kid doing that at some point or whatever it is, um, I will find a way to keep this going because I love my running so much that I know if I didn't do this, I won't be able to run. So, mm. Yeah. I don't suppose by any chance you've read The Miracle Morning or you've heard of it? Yeah, I've, I've actually, yeah. the book that got me, I have read that about two or three years ago. The one that kind of triggered it in my mind was uh, the 5am club oh, and yeah. by Robin Sharma, who did like a few of the books, I think. 
Um, and that book was given to me by my friend Gemma Hillier. And she she recommended it. I read through it. I was like, this this ticks the box. It's just basically saying, wake up earlier. And I listened to so many motivational videos. I was just, wake up earlier. And it is literally just set your alarm earlier, get up and do it. Stop thinking. Stop thinking, more doing. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the mindset. I think when our alarm goes, I'm absolutely guilty of this. I, I definitely feel better when I wake up and either walk or yoga or meditate. But some mornings are just more difficult than others. And you have, as soon as you've had that argument in your head, oh, I'll just have another 10 minutes, another five minutes. That's it then. Because you've already passed the time of when you need to get up in order to get it done before work. So I think as soon as that alarm goes, you've just got to get up and don't negotiate that time. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, it's going to get me motivated now for this week coming, <laughs> starting afresh. Um, right, I want to ask you, what have been your coping mechanisms during this last year? So during lockdown and times of uncertainty, what, what has been your go-to to remaining positive, um, especially given given the work that you do, Matt, and you know the business that you're 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 in, it can't have been easy during periods of this year. No, it's not been easy, but I'm I kind of got a positive. Even though I do tend to go to the worst doomsday scenario in my mind, I am a positive person. Like I do think positively about different situations. I even when this happened within a week, I wasn't thinking we're going to earn no money for an entire year here. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, how else can we keep our community active? How else can we bring um, like money into the company to keep the storage units, the staff, the the various things we have, the overheads covered? Like I was thinking straight away about those situations. I wasn't thinking, oh no, this is bad. Never did I think that. I thought, we're going to turn this into an opportunity. There's, there's going to be something good come out of this. And it, I think I remain like that forever. I, I, I don't see myself changing my head that way. I, if, if something bad happens, good, I learn from it. Like that's that's how I've got to look because when you you kind of rely on yourself, and that's what we do. If you have your own business, you have to rely on yourself. You can't rely on anyone else to help you. Yeah, you have staff members to help you out of these situations, but they they're relying on you because you got to think of these things to be able to pay the wages to to keep the things open and. So the responsibility is what I enjoy. So that's what's kept me going through this period. Responsibility, um, the drive and the, the vision for the future and what I want to look like and having that pull me through, knowing this is just a small bump in a very long road. What is the drive and the vision for the future? For me personally, and with GW Active and what we're doing there, we want to try and keep as many get as many people as possible in the UK active or worldwide as well we want to make sure that people use exercise for the right reasons for mental health for improvement for physical improvement like Ben and I both have been brought up around families that have kept themselves fit and healthy all the time my dad ran 230 for London Marathon my uh, Ben's dad ran 231 when he was 52 years old I think and um, so we're, we're born into active lives and we know it's good for us it's done as good so far and we think that by building active brands we can help do that so for me it's making sure I can keep people who I like and who I get on with and who have the same passions in terms of keeping active keeping keeping fit and employment in those kind of uh, brands then that's my vision I want to make sure that happens it's not for me to uh, to be working on the in these individual brands it's for me to create jobs for people 
to work in these individual brands. That's what I think my role is. That's what my vision is. Love that. What is is it? And I've got to ask this because I think I ask this to anyone who is, you know, successful in what they do, driven, motivated, and have a purpose. Are there days where you find it difficult to show up and aspire to that mission? Um, show up, maybe in terms of. Um, I do tend to self-reflect, like, rarely. I, I'm very rarely look back. But I do sometimes have days where I feel down and I do feel like I'm not performing well today. But I've started to give myself different mechanisms. And we do talk about the stretching as one thing to ground you in a day. But it's the running for me. When I can do that, I know I've got that to do that day. I'm going to feel better after it. I actually need to go out and do it. Then after that, my day's easy. But it's before a run or in a rest day, or those days where I feel restless and I feel anxious sometimes, that I don't do that unless I've got a really busy day ahead of me. And I'm used to not having anything given to me in terms of you have these things to do today, Matt, complete them and your day is a success. I'm used to my days being find something productive to do and out of nowhere and then do it. So I'm, I'm at one with that process. Uh, so, but I do sometimes feel down and lost some days and I do feel like almost like kind of up and down in my, the way I kind of act. And those days I sometimes hide away from other people and like don't speak to the staff that day in terms of going into the office. But I'm always available for a phone call, always available on WhatsApp, always available on Slack. I'm always communicating with people. I never have those days where I'm not in that loop. Might be a bad thing that, that I'm not always on call. And maybe for people close to me, it's probably not the best thing. But I very rarely have those days where I'm off the grid, like ever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because... I think for some people, they don't share it very openly if they have those down days or, you know, you mentioned like sometimes an anxious feeling. I think a lot of people fear or shy away from sharing that fact when actually it's quite a normal feeling to to experience in our in our lives. So I, I thank you for sharing that openly and honestly. Um, what is there anything that you use if and when you are feeling anxious I know you've said a couple of things there you know you've got your ways of you know working differently on those days where they might be a down day or but is there any other mechanism that you'll use obviously you've got your running you've got stretching are there any anything else that you've used like a hack yeah I, I do luckily I have over a period built up lots of different friendship groups over different things that I've done so I have people that I speak to on different occasions when I'm feeling certain things if you know what I mean um like my, obviously my mum is an important person I speak to, but then I've also got like and my dad as well, but like I've got groups of friendship groups that have different kind of, they've got different things to my life and I speak to those people and that does bring me out of things sometimes. And sometimes those people reach out to me and say, how are you doing mate? If they've been quiet for a bit and I, I'm lucky in that sense, I've got a really good support network around me for those conversations. And um, in the last three or four years, I've had my partner Lucy and having those conversations with her as well, it's been great because I didn't really have that before. Um, so I've got people around me that I can talk to as another coping mechanism. And sometimes I do, for me, the main anxieties come from I'm not progressing as quick as I want to. And that's where it comes from, not because of anything else. It's because I want to keep the vision going and the, at the fastest possible rate. Mm. So having moments where I, I kind of take a step back, get some paper, write a few notes out, draw a few diagrams, just, just sitting outside and, and doing that, that kind of helps me as well because it kind of articulates things on paper sometimes I'm not a writer I don't write often but on those days it sometimes has helped to kind of sit down with no phone 
no computer and just do that and then I kind of feel like right I'm back on track yeah I get that um it's a bit sometimes I think if we put too much pressure on ourselves um or like striving for not not always perfectionism but striving for this end goal can just sometimes lead us feeling that little bit anxious because like I said it's it's pressure isn't it so you're going to feel that pressure rising and naturally that's going to give you an anxiety at some point yeah it's it's pressure I give myself though and I'm okay with that so I know when I do feel anxious that it is coming from within it's there's no one else telling me what to do there's no one else giving me that pressure it's all on me and that's that's kind of good to feel that and I'm happy with that so if I do feel anxious I know it's building something something's going to happen in the future which is going to be good yeah so I haven't asked you actually what 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 was it that drew you into running how was it you got into running because I know you started from an early age yeah I mentioned before my dad ran 230 for a marathon so he was always into running when I was a kid he brought me down to the athletics track at Blackburn Harriers and I fell in love with it from the age of eight or nine. I was always the quickest person at school. I was always like, it's only a small town, but I was like, Lord, of the fast, the fastest person in school. Or Woody's really fast and, and that kind of stuff. And winning the town championships, the, the county championships. Then you win all like the, the regionals and the nationals and your name gets mentioned in assembly. And you're always like, I was always the runner in my head. I was always the person that was the best. And so for me, it's, it's in me, it's within me. That's what I've always known. Only when I went to Loughborough University, where I was kind of put in a hall of residence with my rivals, who were also as quick as me, and they're from different areas around the country. And then you realise that you're not as good as you thought you were. Uh, there's other people out there in this country that are better than you. And those moments are the ones that hurt me the most because it's a realisation that you wouldn't have had unless you'd have gone to the situation I was put in. Um, and that's good to know because normally in a race, you can know if you're the best because you win or not. Whereas you don't know until you go into a new environment, how are you going to fare? And I didn't realise I didn't fare as well as I thought I would. But before that, running was my entirety. I knew it inside out. I was well connected with the industry. I'm chairman of Loughborough Athletics Club. I, I was organising track meets at Loughborough in, in my university days. I've done a lot of stuff within the running industry. And I know a lot of people through it and a lot of good friends and friends for life and business partners and, and that sort of stuff. So it's it's... It is my life running. Um, I know a lot about it and hopefully that can lead me on to different things in the future. Um, but running is always the thing that I care about the most. And what would you say is your proudest achievement? Proudest achievement? Again, I'm, I'm really poor with giving myself that praise um, in the moment. Like my mum always laugh at me because I always take my medal off after I won a race and I put it in my pocket whilst on the podium and walk off like I, I haven't won anything. I'm just a guy. Whereas I was like a minute ago, I was on a podium on the top of it, getting a medal. I just, I've never had that um, proud, proud, proudness in myself at any point in time. So I do, looking back now, I'm proud of the things that I won in the past, the, the races that I won, the England vest that I wore, the races that I won for England. And, and those moments I look back on, I'm proud of. But in the moment, I'm never really proud. I'm just focused forward. I think a lot of people would resonate with that taking that taking the medal off and like it's almost like you are proud but you don't want the you don't want everyone to give you all of that attention no not at all and I've never found myself getting too like high on the praise in situations so I was never really um I never thought I was big time at school because I won all these races I didn't have that I didn't project that in any way 
And also when someone says I'm bad at something or not good at something, I don't really feel that. I don't feel that pain. I, I, I don't. I don't get high off my own supply, and I, and I don't. Um, I don't get hurt when people say bad things about me. I'm kind of. I'm good like that. I've got a steady mind. I'm comfortable and confident in myself. Um, and so I've never really had that. So you and you mentioned earlier when when you did retire, I think you'd you'd had quite a few injuries prior to that, was it? And that those and well, one was football, wasn't it? And then there was another. Were there another couple of injuries during your career as an international athlete? Yeah. So um, the. No, it was uh, when I was younger. I had like various things you do when you're competing at a high level, running fast times and track and training quite hard. But it was my knee injury that stuck, finished it off. I had two, I a knee operation in twenty and uh, two thousand and like seven, um, and that was because my femur, a chip in my femur, and it was just a, a nightmare really. And that kind of finished me off. And then I had another knee operation in like I don't know, like five six years ago. So, um, yeah, the in- injuries have been a part of my life, but. The first one was the one. The second one was just kind of me wanting to be fit again and do stuff. And yeah, how did you feel when you had to, you know, after those injuries and having to, you know, retire as you said earlier, and you were no longer racing the events like you were before? I didn't miss it at the start. I wanted to be as far away as possible. So when I moved to Australia, I was I was in a completely different environment. I was I've said before I was working in nightclubs and. It's a completely separate world. People are fit and healthy because they go to the gym to look good. So you fit in in the nightclub and you you can get people coming through the door and you can entertain people when you're inside. But I wasn't thinking about running in any way. Um, but then when I came back to the UK, I realised that how many friends and people that I knew were from running. So I couldn't really avoid it. And at that point in time, I got to the point where I wanted to keep fit again. And I've always just kind of, that's where I kind of drifted back to it. And it was a good timing when we started run through because that's kind of the time when I was getting more focused on keeping myself fit and active again rather than being out there in the nightclubs. Yeah. And obviously from the injuries that you did sustain and what you went through at the time, well, I can't imagine that, that first injury that you would have had and, you know, the recovery and, you know, how much it might have impacted on you at that time. But how did you manage that or have you got any advice that you can give any injured runner that's listening today that may feel frustrated or down or feeling like you know that they they've lost running because I know that is a common feeling that comes up when when we're injured we almost feel like we can't resonate with being a runner or that you know running again in the future is like way down the line yeah, I, I do have that feeling as well. And I know even when I get the littlest injuries right now, I'm like, oh, this is the worst. And you can have like two or three months not doing running. That's, that's like, that's so much pain. So what I, I can really say is the things that would help you prevent you getting an injury are the things you can do whilst you're injured. And that is the stretching. That is the, the rehab stuff. That is strengthening muscles you wouldn't have normally strengthened that aren't the ones that are injured. That is focusing on those things because you're injured because you didn't do those things. That is the that is a fact of it. You're injured because you didn't stretch every day because you didn't do your strength sessions. Like I know sometimes you get freak injuries, you can't really avoid them. But on most occasions with runners, it's repetitive stuff that that is why you're injured. So if you can fix those inadequacies in your body, to to, to then when you get back again to be able to run, that they're stronger, you're going to have less injuries. So flip your focus to fixing the things that you you weren't focusing on at all, and. That's what I would do now. In my younger days, probably not as much. I'd probably be like, right, I hate running. I've got two months off. I'm not. I'm, 
going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk to anyone. But you go through those moments in your mind, don't you? And But now I would think, no, the reason why I'm injured is because it's my fault. I haven't done these things. I have to take responsibility. I have to get myself strong again if I want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely felt like that somewhere along the line where you can flip your focus or at least concentrate on things that you weren't doing before. Um, yeah, resonate with that. I think, like, for me as an injured runner, it's a non-injured running, a non-running related injury. And I think that can be quite frustrating when you know you're not running, but it wasn't caused by running. So even if you were being careful and then you get this injury, that I feel that that can be frustrating. And I've used that, the flipping the focus by looking at the positives as to, okay, I can't do this right now, but I've got time to do X, Y, Z that I never had time to when I was marathon training. So I look at this as a positive. So flipping it is a really good piece of advice there. And also you can support other people who are able to run because some point on the line they might not be able to run so if people are keeping themselves fit encouraging that and and, and maybe going to a, a race to cheer people on and giving something back to the sport that that gave so much to you and that's kind of what I felt like as well through run through in the early stages I was putting my whole soul into everyone else to make sure that they enjoyed their experience and that they ran the best time they could or that they met the people that came to the events I, I was giving everything to that and I think a little part of me thought I'm giving something back because I can't run the way I want to run. I want to make sure everyone else enjoys it like I enjoy it. And I think through doing that, I run through. And and now with my mindset in terms of what I just said then, I think with a combination of those two things, it's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you, you've, you have those feel-good vibes that come back to you then from encouraging others because they'll feel great. And then they it, it's kind of like a boomerang. It comes back to you then. But... Um, what would you say motivates or inspires you nowadays? What motivates me is is myself. Um, and uh, like I said before, my, my, my vision for my future. What inspires me, I take inspiration from everything, really. I, I, I'm always reading something, always listening to an audio book, watching a YouTube video of something educational. Um, listening to the staff and the people that work with us and what they have to say about their lives and their interpretation and things that I see. My business partner, my friends, my family, they're all telling me things that I don't know because they're telling me it from their point of view. So I'm taking inspiration from all those things. I'm, I'm not closed off. I haven't got my own set methods. I'm always thinking about what I can do to improve myself and improve my environment. And that comes from listening and learning from other people because I'm only one person and the books that I read, these people have written these books because they're obviously good at what they do. And I'm going to take something from this, even if it's like one paragraph from like a 10 hour audio book that I'll remember. But at least, at least I remember that one paragraph and I'm not bothered about going through that, that 10 hour book just to get to that one thing. I just know something will stick. And even if I don't remember it, it will become me. Uh, whatever I read, I will become and things will stay with me. I might not be able to, to the point where it came from but it came from something that I picked up so that's what inspires me everything what an answer love that I'm just like nodding my head along thinking yeah that's such a brilliant brilliant answer and I agree with so many things you say there especially about that one paragraph out of a 10 hour um it's so true if you take away just one thing from you know whether that is the book a video a film audio book 
even if it's you know even if you've spent hours you know consuming that then you've already gained from it because you've taken away something um love that brilliant i've got to ask you um a question and that is how would you define a successful mindset and i've got to ask you that Matt, because to me i look at you as someone who is extremely successful you're extremely dedicated committed driven you've you've achieved so much throughout your career throughout your running career so i'd love to ask you what what would you define a successful mindset as it's hard for me because i don't see myself as successful so I don't look at myself and think that I am that. I look at other people and think that they might be successful because they've got a small thing that I want to take from 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 them to for, for myself. So for me, a successful mindset is is being adaptable to your your surroundings and being able to change the way you are to adapt to the situation you're in. And I think people who do that become successful because they're able to learn a lot faster and advance themselves quicker than someone who is fixed on one set method. So yeah, being adaptable. It still amazes me that you, you don't see yourself as successful. Um, yeah. I, it, it sounds like, and again, this is like when, when you are yourself, you sometimes don't look at yourself in the way that other people would see you. And like I said before about people viewing me if I've done something well or something badly, they don't let me, I don't let them affect me in those ways. So how can I think of myself successful if one person says that? Because when you compare to someone else who is actually on their scale more successful than me and whatever I am doing, then I am not successful. So I, I don't think that that should be the definition that people live by being successful because everyone's definition is different. If you're adaptable, that's a good mindset to have because then you always be successful or unsuccessful, and it won't matter. Mm-hmm. I love open. I love asking those open questions because you know how we interpret them or how we view something. You know, just like you're explaining there, you know, we are all different. So how we interpret a question is going to be different, and how we would describe our opinion on it is different as well. So love asking that because. Yeah, it's just great to great to unpick someone else's mind and mindset. Um, and I want to ask you then, what is your reason for running? I mean, this reason for you would have changed over the years, obviously, because your your running has changed, your training has changed, and and probably your reason to get up and go has changed. But if I had to ask you now, what is your why I run? What would that be? Why I why I run? Um, I run because I am a runner. Like that sounds like I know your podcast title like not not another runner, but I am just another runner like everyone else. I I've always been one, and that will never change. Even if I, w- I won't be able to run one day, because I imagine my knees won't let me at some point. I will find a way to be part of that world in some form, even if it's through my children, or if one day I'm lucky enough to have them, or if I help out at events, or if I help out coaching at a running club or something like that I'll always be part of it so yeah I, I run because I have to and if you had to live by a quote what would it be 
I've read so many quotes and I've written so many down that I can never remember one when I want them. You guys you know send I mean? out the you send you guys send out great quotes as well in your run through kit. Yeah, I, like, like it's Lucy's fantastic. Them she's got them everywhere. I've got one, I think uh, I've got one here. What have I got? Your biggest challenge is to show up when your mind is making excuses. I got one that I I wrote. Well, I got it. I think it might have been from Mad Men or something like that on the TV series. Yeah. I think it's like dissatisfaction is a fuel that is a fuel that burns a fire. So I think ah, that's good. I haven't, yeah. Because I'm never satisfied, and I'll, I'll never be satisfied. But there'll always be a fire. So, yeah, dissatisfaction is a fuel that burns a fire. I'm going to have to one day write down all the quotes that I've been told. I keep saying I'm going to do it because I love a positive quote. Um, like, just to is lift you up. Um, what di- dissatisfaction? Dissatisfaction is the fuel that burns the fire. <laughs> like, it means it means you're always striving for more. So I suppose it depends on what you again, what you see as as positive and what you determine success to be. Because you know you could look at that as a positive that you're always going to strive, you're always going to continue on your path to success, or you're on your mission. So you'll always, always continue to to build and create more. But then I, you know, someone else might not view it the same, and and that is that is the beauty of of us as humans that we, you know we all interpret things differently, and we'll resonate with things differently as well based on our individualities, our personality, and our life experiences. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I imagine you got some really cool ones from from all the people you spoke to, and uh, I know Lucy's got a collection of that she writes down. And yes, Lucy loves a positive quote, doesn't she? Yes, Love that. Funny. Um, but yeah, I'm not as best at remembering them, but that one always seems to stick in my head. I don't think. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm not great at remembering them, but I love them. Um, so I love when other people share these with me or share them online. Um, what's your favorite book? What's, oh, see, I'm not prepared. Yeah, um, I've got loads. I have, do you know what? I have a folder saved online, like as like a reminder. So if ever I feel like I need to be inspired or feel like I need to pick me up. I've got them saved in a folder. Because um, like believe, there, so. pa- pardon. It sounds a bit like me there. Like you, you can like you love them, but then to recall. Oh, what- I'll never remember them. No. Oh, I've got, I've got. Honestly, it, a lot of people don't know this, but I've got a really bad memory, short-term memory. Um, I think it's. I'm quite a scatty person naturally. I'm not very organised, so um, I'm. I'm really busy, and <laughs> even when I'm watching telly. I'm not just, if I was watching Ted, I'm not watching. I'm thinking of something else. So I do a lot of things at the same time. Um, a little bit, yeah, I, I want to say I'm partially ADHD because <laughs> I am a little bit. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I'm probably a bit like that as well. Yeah, I find it really hard. I think that's why my love for running is so strong because when I am running, I I can finally turn off everything in my mind the same as yoga and meditating I can it's the it's the rare times that I actually I'm not thinking of 1000 things at the same time like I can just be in the movement and switch off from from everything yeah definitely no I, Which, I agree and that's one of the things that I would resonate with as well this is a good one okay um I've just picked one up off the <laughs> saved folder online if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. 
Yeah, I know it's it's a bit cheesy, but I think it that just makes me remember as well. If you if you feel happy, joyful, positive, or if you take the time to be calm and smile and you know greet the person who walks you know in your opposite direction or you know greet that customer at work or your colleague or take time to listen and speak and and actually listen don't just ask the questions um for asking sake but listen and smile I feel like it's a really like affectious thing and it's a positive feeling that other people can take with them like I always sense it and feel it in other people if I see someone who's like that who's positive or who's ready to listen or who's warm and welcome like I take it it's almost like the law of attraction I'll take it with me um <laughs> I, know and it's quite... I think it's like it's the I think you're from, from Wales aren't you and I'm, I'm from the north of England and I think generally people that are not London-based tend to be a bit more like open and friendly naturally not saying yeah. London isn't like that but I think when I to, to throw back to the events we used to have and I was really loud and northern and smiley and that kind of stuff and I think some people might have thought this guy's crazy yeah but then like sometimes like you said there you are just being nice like you are just asking a question you are just actually actually genuinely caring about what that person is doing or how they feel felt that day and Mm. like if you do actually care about that person and you should care about every single person then you want to get more enjoyment out of that conversation you're going to learn something you're going to feel better and that person's going to walk away thinking that was a nice conversation I do feel better and I do feel that person was a nice person so um, the more positivity like that, and that's great quite like that. Yeah, it's it's a it's like a chain reaction because y- yeah, like you you feel better for it as well. I, I yeah, I was going to say something then, but I think I was listening too intently to what you were saying, <laughs> and I forgot exactly what I was going to say. But yeah, yeah no, it is. It's a positive chain reaction, and um, yeah, definitely, it, it goes both ways as well. Like it, having a conversation with someone, like you've got to do it for the right reasons, and having a conversation with someone. For, for them but mm. when you do go walk away from that you are learning something you are gra- gathering something from that in your mind even though you might not know what it is and that might spur off something that could help someone else out that day <laughs> like so someone you smile at someone in the queue on, at, at starbucks and then they thought they, they're surprised by it they don't smile back and then they walk around the corner and they smile at someone else because someone smiles yes at and there's like, like you said a chain reaction of stuff <laughs> happens throughout the yes day. Um, have you have you seen that video on YouTube that was shared quite a lot? It was it was just as you described there, like there was like a random act of kindness. So someone might have like forgotten their money for the parking ticket, so someone offered to pay it, and then that person went on then to cross um, an elderly person across the road, and like it was basically a video of how if you do something kind to someone, that person would go on to do it to someone else. It's like a chain reaction, yeah. and and it's so um, true. I notice it when I'm driving, like if someone lets me out at a junction <laughs> I'm gonna let someone else out because I'm like oh thanks like that was really kind cheers I'm like really enthusiastic when someone's really polite to me I'm 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 weird like that when someone's rude to me I react with the worst in those situations so like if someone in driving is a good example of that because you're in your car no one can hear you you're just kind of like your face looking angry or sad yeah. but someone's let me lets me through I'm like oh thank you so much I'm like waving really smiling and if someone pulls out I'm the gestures are a lot more stern so yeah yeah it's, it's, it's complete extremes when you're driving yeah it's just it's so true and so you know someone you know buys you a drink or you know um someone away gives you a bunch of flowers like you you do you pass it on to someone else um love that um well who would you love to hear on this podcast 
Well, you've already had Lucy on, so... That, that no, was... I haven't. She's on the list. Um, Lucy, I've been on Lucy. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, sorry, I apologise. Yeah, she was... But no, I was thinking this earlier. I was like, oh, I need to time this well so that I can have Lucy on as well. Because <laughs> um, no, she's right up your street with the positivity stuff. Oh, yeah, Lucy, I, yeah. That was a great... I loved being on her, her podcast. I've loved some yeah, of the interviews yeah. she's done. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I listened to that one you had before and it was great. And um, no, yeah, that's one person it'd be cool to hear because I know she's got quite a lot in common with you there. And um, yeah, I, I'd like, like, you know what you're doing with your podcast. Um, I, I, I listen to no matter, anything no matter what. So um, who, who have you got planned? Who are you thinking of talking to? Um, we've got, I mean, this is, this, we're, we're ahead of the schedule at the moment. So we've got a few people coming up. Like all, lots of like varied guests, really. Um, who have we got coming up? I've got Amrit coming up soon. Or actually, no. By the time this comes out, Amrit would have been published. Um, Suzanne Shaw, we've got her coming up soon before her big nineteen-hour challenge. Um, who else have we got? Farai coming up as well, and of course we've got Emma as well from Run Through. Oh yeah, she's actually in. The- oh yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so we had lots of lots of different people, and just to round off series three, then um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, Emma's actually she's started working run through full time now, so she's um, in the room next door. Uh, so yes, so I'm looking forward to that. She's lots looking of fun. She's very well connected in the, in the running community, so hopefully have a good conversation. Yeah, brilliant. Um, thank you very much, Matt, for your time today. If you could just let everyone know where they can go to follow you guys with Run Through Events, Run Through Kit, and yourself, where they can connect with you, that would be great. Cool. Uh, so myself, it's Matt Woody Wood at um, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else that you find things like that. Uh, and then Run Through is runthrough.co.uk. We're also runthroughkit.com, and on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. We're Run Through UK. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time because I know you guys are really busy at the moment. So I really do appreciate the time today for the podcast. So thank you. And we'll speak again soon. No worries. It's been a really nice conversation. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining today and listening to Not Another Runner podcast. Please tell your friends and family who you think would enjoy the content I'll be sharing. Don't forget you can get in touch with me over on Instagram via Not Another Runner. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast, any suggestions on guests or topics. This is greatly appreciated. Send me your questions through as well if you want and use the hashtag why I run to be featured. And hey, if you can, hit subscribe to the podcast. This will really help me to be able to give you more. Thank you again and remember when you get up and exercise or go for a run, you never regret going, but you always regret not going. Have a great week guys and speak soon.